Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. Right now, we are recapping episode two of Marvel's Secret Invasion from Skrullos to Earth and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me, as always, is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, uh, we were just discussing before the pod, but the wonderfully, wonderfully original name of the Skrull home planet is uh, first thing on my mind. Skrullos. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. I said to Steve, that is a classic, like, early Marvel name. Just, like, take the root word and add some kind of suffix to the end of it. Skrull. Os. Skrullos. Yep. Done. Yep. Because why not? So Print. Cut and print. So, yeah. My name's Stanley, and that's good enough for me. Scrollo. <laughs> um, all right. So, Secret Invasion Episode 2. Steve, um, you admitted to me before we started recording, you were a little sleepy during this episode, apparently. I was. I threw this one on uh, late last night to make sure I got it in before the pod. And... Oh. Uh, got through uh, from what we you know slightly recounted before the pod. Uh, got through most of it uh, at least until the last scene, to my knowledge. Yeah, so a couple of things Steve did not remember. Yep. Um, I feel like I I am enjoying this show. Um, there are complaints. I feel that it people are, I've seen people online complaining that it's slow. I do not mind the pace at which this show is moving at all. Um, you know once we get through the full six episodes and I look back, that opinion might change. I might right. say, whoa, yeah, they could have moved way faster if they were trying to get here or whatever. Um, but right now, I don't think this show is slow. It's actually, it's like, it's moving at a pace that is involving me more than I expected to be. Um, or like, you know, sucking me in more than I expected to be um, by yeah. this show. So, and it feels I'm like cool. a, a decent clip compared to what it could be. I mean, there's, we, we know two of the characters in the show and that's right. it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is new. Yeah. So we're establishing everything. Yeah. And one of those characters we've really only seen once, right. like besides the cameo at the end of, um, far from home, we only saw Talos and Captain Marvel. Right. And that's really it. So we don't even know him that well. Like, and even fury, like we've seen fury a bunch, but like, we don't know Nick fury. That's the whole point of Nick fury is you don't know much about him. But this, we're actually getting in this show. We're actually getting to learn more about Nick Fury, which I find very interesting, mm-hmm. um, including flash- flashbacks to young Nick Fury this week. Yes, we got a young Nick Fury in 1997, and um, they didn't have him running, so it didn't look like an old man that was running in a yeah, young man's body. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, oh, what was I just going to say? My whole thing about the pace was like leading to something that I was going to say about it. And now I don't remember. Oh, sorry. I threw you off that one, buddy. No, that's okay. I'm just trying to reclaim my thought pace of it. It's slow. Episode two. Oh, I was just going to say that I feel like despite me liking, like liking the show as much as I do. Um, it's not like there aren't like made like, I think people maybe confuse pace for like a simpler story like there's this show is not full of like bam biff pow explosion explosion every episode you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's not like an action heavy show so far which again i like but at the same time it's not necessarily sticking in my memory as much 
as other shows that I've seen. So like I've been watching them Wednesday nights, first two weeks. And then by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm like, well, let me just read through that synopsis of this episode real quick so I can remember what happened. Or like even before tonight, it was a couple days ago, I was looking at like, uh, you know, a nerdy news site and they were like, uh, director of Secret Invasion talks about episode two's shocking twist. And I was like, there was a twist in episode two? What are right. they talking about? <laughs> like, I have to read the article and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that happened in the show that I like that I watched two right. nights ago. So yeah, that, well, I guess that was, I don't that was know part what of, that says. Right, right. That was part of how I ended up with it last night was like yeah. the first the first one I watched night of and then the same thing had to go back and, you know, recap and figure out what was going on and why I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. And then I did the opposite and waited too late to watch it <laughs> and ended right. up falling asleep yeah. during it, which not that, yeah. that was 100 percent not a knock on the show. It was strictly sure. it was late. Sure. So, I mean, like I said, like I'm enjoying it for at what it is right now. Um, but at when the shows when the six episodes have finished, I think there's a chance that I may look back and be like, eh, you know, it wasn't as good as I thought it was <laughs> in the moment or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, that being said, I still like the look of the show and I like the tone of it. I feel like the tone is, it's kind of presenting itself as a more serious Marvel tale, um, especially, you know, opposed to something that was more comedic like She-Hulk or even Ms. Marvel before it. Um, you know, I think you said you might, before we started reviewing the show or before it was even on the air, you, I think you said you read an early review of it that said it was trying to be Marvel's Andor, but not as successful. And I mean, so far I think that's accurate description. I don't know if you remember even yeah. saying that to me. <laughs> no, hundred yeah. percent. And not, not a yeah. knock on it, but like, no, it's in that vein of they're trying to do the serious thing, even yeah. with above and beyond serious content. When you have shape changers yeah. taking over the globe. I know. And that's the thing that like, I would probably be way more invested in this show if there wasn't shape-shifting aliens <laughs> at the center of it. And that's just my personal taste. And, like, as weird and wild as universe as Star Wars is, Andor did not have really any aliens at all. <laughs> no aliens, no Jedi, um, no nothing. Right, which helped the the intensity of it a little bit. It right. was, Nothing was undercutting this, like, serious, dramatic thing with, like, oh, here's a green guy with giant pointy elf ears or yeah i mean <laughs> you know? i uh, yeah i guess to to phrase it differently there were plenty of aliens in andor but none of them were front and center or used as comedic effect yes like they yes. there were a couple of them that were you know perfectly like used in the plot but there was nothing right. that was like all right you threw him in here for a laugh <laughs> yeah there weren't also any main characters that were right non-humanoid aliens you know um and i think that that's does it for me too. And like, you know, I would, you know, it, it, it undercuts the seriousness of it when, you know, someone turns from a human being into a green elf looking scroll. <laughs> right. And so, um, but you know, besides that, I am enjoying, like I said, I'm enjoying the show. Um, and, um, I think it's, I think it's clear that Samuel L. Jackson, uh, enjoyed making the show because I feel like he is uh, doing pretty good. He's I think he's yeah. like giving it a good um, he's giving giving it a good run. He's not like doesn't seem like he's phoning it in. And even there's one um, conversation 
the story that he tells Talos when they're on the train about uh, he used to have to take a train when he was a kid and they would just shove him, like give him a box full of food, like to eat on the trip and he would eat it all in the hat. Like that's a real story from his life, apparently. Oh, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson's. It was just him vamping and. Yeah, like he brought it to the writer and was like, oh, hey, nice. I have the, you know, or something like that. So, yeah, I didn't know if it was like fully ad hoc or if it was something he brought to the. Yeah, I don't think it was made up. I think it wasn't ad libbed, but it was yep. based on stories from his actual life, which I think is cool. Um, uh, so, yeah, so it starts with a flashback. We get de-aged Nick Fury, which we saw in Captain Marvel. Um, and he looks good. It's pretty good looking yeah. de-aging. I mean, you don't it's not like Samuel L. Jackson, like, looks super old, so despite him being in his mid 60s, I believe. Um, I think he might be 70. He might be. Um, but he looks great. So you don't have to do a ton. Uh, especially if he was actually wearing a wig. Like if that was a good, if that was a good wig. 74. 74? Yeah. Wow. He's man. four years older than my dad. Wow, <laughs> man. My dad is not getting around nearly as well. It's Samuel L. Jackson. Jeez, man. God bless you, Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Wow. Killing it and crushing it. Holy. 74 years old. God damn. Um, So anyway, yeah. De-aging looks great. Um, He's recruiting Skrull refugees uh, to his cause uh, to kind of help him on Earth while he helps find them a home. One of those refugees is a newly orphaned uh, Gravik as a child that will become the main antagonist of the series. Um, and then um, it cuts to uh, Talos and Fury on a train getting away from uh, Moscow where bombs have gone off and Maria Hill has been, spoiler alert, murdered. Um, I mean, if they're listening to the episode two recap, I'm pretty sure they figured that one out, Mike. Yeah, you probably should have seen episode one, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I don't remember if this comes before or after, but I guess it was after. Uh the scene between Nick Fury and Maria Hill's mother um, at the yeah. Air Force base. I, I think that, that was, was right crazy. after because they okay, took the yeah. train out and then I think they flew back or something. Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. That, yeah. He's obviously not in the U.S. That, yeah. That was back um, when they were in U.S. soil. Yeah. Um, that scene reminded me of the scene in Jaws where the boy's mom Yep. Uh, comes up and slaps Chief Brody in the face. <laughs> yep. I was like, "Oh, this is good." This I like. I, I I like that they're like that's like something that you don't get a lot in a lot of recent um, MCU like movies and stuff. You don't get those beats that remind you that these are human beings and they are not just like not all of them are weird aliens or superheroes, yep. whatever. Like Nick Fury is just a dude. Maria Hill was just a woman. And this is just the mother of a real human being that is sad that her daughter's died. Like, that's a nice, you know, I don't even know if it was executed perfectly, but it was a character moment that has been missing from a lot of Marvel stuff yeah. lately for me. So I appreciated that, like, little moment. That they, that they even, I mean, it's series, so they have more time, but if they did more stuff like that in the movies, like, just give, like, a little character beat to add some, like, weight to some of these storylines, like... Some stuff would work a lot right. better for me. That, I, I mean, that whole scene was what a couple minutes at most. Yeah, it wasn't much, but it adds a lot. And it like, you know, I think it was like a little heavy-handed because I think the mom specifically says, "So you're the reason my daughter is dead." Like that's a little like on yeah. the nose. Like we get it, we get what this scene is supposed to know, be. Yeah, supposed to be, and that's what he's feeling already. And it's you know, you don't have to have come out and say that, but I was still like, 
oh, yeah. I still appreciated it for sure. Also, random editor's note uh, for any of uh, our listeners who do not know Mike in uh, normal life, anytime he compares something to Jaws, that's extremely <laughs> high praise. That is extremely yep. high praise. <laughs> My favorite movie of all time. I love it. And uh, as we are recording this, it is July 3rd. Uh, tomorrow's the 4th of July, and I plan on spending my evening tomorrow night watching Jaws. There you go. My, um, you, you don't want to show it to your six-year-old? No, I made a joke about showing it to him because <laughs> uh, we were staying in a hotel this weekend, and it was on TV. Mm. And I was like, hey, you want to watch Jaws? And it was like a non-scary part. Right. Um, so he saw like two minutes of Quint scraping the nails on the chalkboard and y'all know me you know yep. he's like this is boring dad I, this is your favorite movie <laughs> like, yeah well there's a lot yeah. more movie to it <laughs> yeah um anyway we learned that there's about a million scrolls currently living on earth that's a surprise to nick fury talos says that to nick fury um fury's very angry kicks uh talos off the train um there's a whole uh international incident now that the u.s is being implicated uh for the bombing because there's like footage of nick fury being there or maria hill being there so now like u.s intelligence has taken heat for causing the bombing in moscow and that leads to some problems obviously for nick fury um and what's and, going on and is who do like you a- send to alleviate these issues yeah. with a major council but none other than James Rhodes, because yes, why not? Who's a, who's a colonel now? Yep. Um, and he was briefly in episode one, and he has a great scene. This is my favorite scene of the show. I think was the scene between him and Fury. Um, yeah, him. Him it, with the council is very much him, very quippy and talking down and hitting all the right notes with the council, and like you can tell it's uh, oh with like that the panel the, the yeah like the UN ish type intelligence yeah. or whatever yeah yeah um it's very much like you you could almost see all the uh, dealing with Tony training coming back into play yes yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and then yeah, he's being quippy and snarky and I don't want to answer these questions yep. and yeah but then he does what he has to do to uh, someone he's on, you was on good terms with. And he ends up, I mean, he ends up firing him Yeah, from whatever vague government position Fury still even had, you know, like um, they're pretty fast and loose with that after shield was dissolved, but then just slowly came back right? without really any official thing in the movies. Um, well, and then so, like for the space station, was it sword or was it like saber? Oh, it is saber. Oh, okay. Saber. Yep. Got yeah. it. Um, so I like this scene because it kind of was like it made sense and it was something similar to like what we saw in Civil War. But, you know, little, you know, because it's a series, so it takes the time. It kind of played out a little bit more natural for me mm-hmm. where these are like two characters. We both like these characters, but they are because of the paths they've taken in these movies they are just on opposite sides of this issue for right. one reason or another. And they, I like, I like seeing that. And you I can like feel that like in the conversation too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And they're both doing really well. Like you can tell, like, you know, like I said, I just said, I don't think uh, Samuel L. Jackson has been phoning it in on this show at least no. so far, but um, you could tell that both of them were like, you know, they're both like oh, they were Academy Award. Yeah winning nominated or whatever actors like they were both like 
given it their all. Like this is, you know, I think they, despite how many of these Marvel movies they've made, I feel like they're still like, yo, I get to sit across from, uh, right. You know, Samuel L. Jackson and act my face off. Like, hell yeah. I'm yeah. You put Cheadle and Samuel L. Jackson in a room and it's yeah. like, all right, we're just going to, we're, we're going to give it our A game. Cause why yeah. not? It was great. Yeah, it was great. Um, so he gets fired and, um, uh, still is able to walk away. He doesn't have to turn in a badge or a gun or anything. Right. So yeah, like you said, whatever um, that means. <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. Like who did and he, does who is he does the U.S. government <laughs> even have anything to do with Saber or like exactly? What? Yeah, who's his boss? Right. Like, is it Rhodey? Because we've never heard that before. Is it going to be the president who inevitably ends up as a scroll? Because <laughs> it's, yeah, that's gonna happen. I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah. We also got that cool um, torture scene um, with Olivia Coleman. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. That torture scene and cutting off that dude's finger. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty intense for a Marvel Disney Plus series. I like that quite a bit. With her great. just, again, like yeah, letting a yeah. good actor cook. And, like, yep. She's just like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah, going to have fun like, with she this. Knows ex- <laughs> yep. She knows exactly why she was hired uh, yep. for this scene. She's like her you know, prim and proper British, um, sweet and adorable self, <laughs> but cutting someone's finger off to torture him and then escaping down. Well being prim and proper. <laughs> and, carrying, yeah, yeah, exactly. Carrying her little bag as she like shuffles along in yep. the tunnel. That was great. That was really good. Um, big fan of that. I'm excited to see. I, I, I tend to think she's a scroll still. Um, I'm interested to see, uh, you know, the payoff for that character or what happens with her for sure. Um, uh, we also get a council of scrolls. We get yep. this cool, we get this montage of like talking heads on television, um, you know, talking about the bombing in Moscow and how the U S is now implicated. Um, somebody on FXN news, which I just read is a reference to the Netflix daredevil show, the FXN news. Um, obviously it's a reference to Fox news, I think, yeah. but that, you know, FXN name was invented for the Daredevil Netflix series. Oh, well, that's cool. A little bit of crossover. And that that actor Um, is none other than Christopher McDonald, because. Yep. Why not? Why not? When you can have Shooter McGavin in something, you have Shooter McGavin in something. You put Shooter McGavin in something. I remember that we when they announced that he was going to be in this show, it was like two years ago. Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, oh, that'd be cool. I, I think like, we oh, probably yeah, said something about, about it on one of I our first episodes. I think it was an early. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think, I think you're right. Um, and then all these uh, important uh, politicians or like news hosts or whoever world leaders that we see in this montage turn out to all be scrolls sitting around this um, council of important scrolls. And Gravik walks in as their not their leader, but you know. Well, originally walks in as just another member. And then walks out yeah. as their leader. Walks out as their leader. You're right. But he walks in. He's not. He's not like a public person. He's just like the kind of their like boots on the ground general. Like they know what he's doing out there. They he they know what his purpose is. Right. And through a uh, um, series of arguments and threats, uh, like you said, he walks out as their leader, um, which was inevitable. I guess you saw right. that, kind of saw that coming. Um, okay. So two things, uh, Steve, you said that you weren't, um, now I got to look it up because I got to make sure I, I'm getting this right. Um, 
Uh, you said that you did not remember this. There is a scene where I believe it is um, uh, Gaia, who's like snooping around, I think. And she right. is looking on a computer in like a lab uh, because they're developing something in a lab. And they have some like an American uh, um, scientist working for them. And she pulls up one. She pulls up one screen and it has this thing that I'm looking for is not helping, but it has like records of like DNA that they're using and they have DNA from four sources. One of them is Groot. One of them is um, Cull Obsidian, one of Thanos' guys that are made of rock. One was uh, the Extremis, information on the Extremis armor from Iron Man 3 or uh, that guy's name I don't remember. Um, um, guy that Guy Pierce played. I don't remember. Yeah, Jesus. Adrian Aiden, something. Yeah, or? yeah. Um, we'll and there's a fourth that. one. I don't. I don't remember who. The, I don't remember what the fourth one was because I can't find it quickly. But um, people are lying are, are speculating, with good cause, I believe, that uh, these are going to be the ingredients that they are going to use to create the super scroll. Yeah, and that would make sense. It would make sense. I mean, kind of you ish, but exactly because in the comic books, Super Scroll is made from the Fantastic Four. Correct. Stretchy flames, invisibility, force shields or force fields, and uh, that would have been before force fields. Well, true, true, true. Um, but anyway, you know. Uh, this show was being made clearly before maybe maybe before Disney had full rights to use Fantastic Four stuff. Right. I don't know. I don't know the timeline. Well, and they, um, they do tend kind of to take their way. concepts and kind of mold them to fit whatever. And it might be yeah. they didn't want to directly tie it to Fantastic Four or whatever. So, right. you know, that I guess Groot's Groot's stretchiness and Culpsidian's hide like Ben Grimm and you know yeah it, it I guess I could see where they're going with that. Yeah, I I can see it making sense for sure and keeping it within the MCU as it is now and not they probably just don't want to like extend too much of an Easter egg for a movie that's not coming out for like at right. least two more years and then. You know, who knows how long they're going to get to Super Scroll? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, who are they? Like, we already have Scrolls. You know what I mean? We can't wait for the Fantastic Four yep. to do this. Like, they have the opportunity, so they're going to do it, and they're going to figure out their own way to do it, and it still works within the MCU proper. So that was a big Easter egg. Um, the last scene of the show, Steve says that he does not remember. He believes he slept through it. Yes, 100% slept uh, shows a... A uh, female scroll in a kitchen cooking dinner. She hears uh, somebody at the door. She changes back into a human being. Who's at the door? Nick Fury himself. He is coming home. This woman is revealed to be his wife or partner of some way. No, wife, because he puts his. she gives him a wedding ring and he puts the wedding ring back on. Um, and uh, they start making out in the kitchen. Um, leading a lot of fans to say, does he know that his wife is a scroll? Is this a secret? Um 
I feel like he does. I think he knows. I mean, he clearly was working with Skrulls and has been for 30 years or something. So, yeah, um, I think it makes sense that he would fall in love with one of them and and marry one of them. I think they the show just played it that way to make us question it and give us something to talk about and um, uh, give us a little twist at the end there. But um, I mean, we'll see. I could be wrong and we'll see what happens this week. But right. They could open on Wednesday and it just be, you know, immediately uh, them just talking at the kitchen table with her like changing back to a scroll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a million of you, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's the, yeah. So all your friends um, are here too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, Priscilla, I guess is his wife's name. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's secret invasion episode two. I got episode three this week and then that's going to be, uh, halfway through. We halfway done already. Things flying. Aldrich Killian. here. Aldridge Killian. Okay. The guy in Iron Man 3. Yep. Who told us he was the Mandarin um, when he definitely was not. Well, neither was uh, Trevor, though. Neither was Trevor. Yeah. So, there's that. Hey, I like it. I will defend Iron Man 3. I think oh, Iron Man 3 is great. Dude, I, I... Yes, I'm with you there. Yeah. That's one that I've definitely... I, th- I still feel two is the weakest of the three. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Two is the weakest of the three. Yeah. Um, most people just got all up in arms about not liking that twist that it wasn't actually the Mandarin, but like, right. I don't know. That was like, a, I'm sure it's not the first example, but it's the first big one that I remember of people hating in a modern, more modern superhero age. People, hating something because it didn't meet their expectations and there was a twist you know that we saw obviously later in things like the last jedi right where it got way out of control but iron man 3 was like an early indicator of like "Mm, don't make these fragile fans (laughs) unhappy (laughs) they will complain about your movie for years Mm -hmm. well and that's Uh, it's like it's part people you know probably wanting ben Ben kingsley to actually play the mandarin and part oh yeah i mean that'd be cool yeah and part the twist and all the stupidity and it's like guys just go where go where the movie takes you that's where i am now i'm along for the ride me too me too yep i'm here give tell me a good story i'm here for (laughs) it um anyway now that we're talking about something completely different probably time to wrap up our secret invasion recap wait Um, hold on could we could we talk about something completely different for another hour after this yeah absolutely we can we have a whole nother episode coming up uh, recapping the week's news um, in the nerdy fandoms, you know, as we uh, tend to do weekly. So uh, stick around for that. If you're watching us live, don't go anywhere. If you're listening, just, you know, click to that next episode in your feed. And uh, we'll be talking about Superman casting and Comic-Con and all this uh, crazy kind of stuff. So absolutely. We'll see you over there. And if you happen to enjoy listening to this and it's the first time you've heard us, feel free to subscribe. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to leave us something on YouTube. Like, subscribe, hit the little bell or heart or whatever it is nowadays to get notifications whenever we go live, which is usually Sundays at about 930-ish, playing that loosely. Um, Especially this summertime. We got stuff we're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, uh, we'll be here once a week talking to you guys and go from there that's right so uh until next time 
Thanks for watching and thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the multiverse.